Hello, folks. Welcome to Beyond This Earth. We're now at the coronavirus update. We will have a news update right after this segment, and then we go into the issue concerning Michael Flynn. We will also talk about the prom issue of why there is no prom and what effects it will have on the 2020 graduation class. Um, in the news segment, we are going to talk about some Twitter uh, Twitch staff changes and some space news at the end of the broadcast on the final segment of the broadcast, which are really going to be interesting. But first, let's get into the week that was concerning the coronavirus. New York, as I said last week, we're continuing this this week because now those events concerning the children is spreading all over the world with this strange version of Kawasaki disease. New York are investigating 85 potential cases of COVID-related symptom syndromes in children. Mike Pence oscillates after being aid diagnosed with coronavirus. Germany sees COVID-19 surge just days after Merkel announced return to mostly normal. South Korea scrambles to contain new coronavirus outbreak threatening Seoul. New Zealand to end coronavirus lockdown. We got a lot to say about this. Arden. Very, a lot of things to say about this Arden very soon. Possibly in season two of Beyond This Earth. We'll get to her in a minute. She's a real nutcase, to be honest with you. China's Ground Zero reports zero by virus infections. Britons can meet other family members under new lockdown. Stocks in a firm fooling as Johnson says lockdown roadmap. Pandemic pushes Germans to finally ditch cash for cars. Cards. This is going to be real interesting. Workers park truck, park tube, and road traffic rises by 20% after lockdown rules ease from working from home. Over 80% of small businesses expect longer impact of the pandemic. It's related to this article here from the Federalist. 100,000 businesses will permanently close due to lockdowns. This is from Tristan Justice of the Federalist. More than 100,000 small businesses have permanently shuttered their shuttered within two months as pandemic lockdowns devastated the nation's economy, landing 36 million Americans out of work, according to a new survey this week. This survey is from MBR, the MBR Working Paper Series. A team of researchers from the University of Illinois, Harvard University, Harvard Business School, and the University of Chicago discovered at least 2% of the small nation's small businesses are now gone after conducting a, res a representative survey of more than five thousand eight hundred enterprises between May 9th and the 11th. The broad conclusion of the research that small businesses, which makes out a fair share of U.S. employment, have daily limited resources and are under a fair amount of financial distress. Limited cash and limited time for conditions to change 
Bartek told the Federalists could drive up that number significantly in the days to come. The team of economics, economists have found that the median small businesses of expenses exceeding $10,000 a month had only enough resources to stay afloat for two weeks. About 75% of those surveys said they didn't have enough resources to last more than two months. France takes cautious steps out of coronavirus lockdown. Hundreds of dancers of Britain parents demand choice in, over, in sending their children back to school within weeks. More checks, a tax roll pay cut, Trump and Congress are split on the next coronavirus stimulus plan. Michigan to do to reopen manager manufacturing from coronavirus lockdown. Only 12% of Brits want the UK to prioritize economic growth over well-being. While Trump rage surges states to reopen, White House adopts new coronavirus 19 precautions. Europe emerges from confinement, but Asia infections continue to spike. Pack United flight leaves passengers scared, shocked, and make fears of the coronavirus. Cemetery workers scramble to bury the dead during pandemic. It's just too much for us. What are they not saying about this virus? If cemetery workers cannot continue to keep or keep digging and they can't and they can't keep the bodies open. They're not telling us anything. There's too many contradictions in what the story. If the story in all the stories that we're seeing concerning this coronavirus, if it is concurrent, then there is one story. But there's many, many there's one basic narrative, but a million different directions on how different people are handling this particular day. But there's one major direction. This thing's going in all 15,000 directions. And there's three main parts to this that people are not understanding. One, we have the major part of it is how infectious this virus is, how deadly this virus is, where did this virus come from, and where did this virus come from? And apparently, it seems to me that they can't get the story right on those three major parts of this story. Those three major parts. If they could get the story right, if the, if the thing is concurrent on these three major parts, things will start changing, as many of others have stated, but it's not. So those three parts are still in flux. And that's why we're having this problem with this coronavirus situation. Does woman rather slow the coronavirus? It is a possibility. As Europe reopens schools, relief con combines with risk. There is a picture of a French school during recess where they put out these squares. It's six feet from each child, and that is where they play in that circle. That is absolutely terrifying. When you look at this and you see this, it's absolutely terrifying to see and to witness.
It's just terrifying. UK government says work from home for the foreseeable future. Surviving COVID-19 may not be recovery for some. As USU meat workers fall sick and supplies dwindle, experts exports to China soar. That's not good news. AP Nordic Corps majority disappeared of coronavirus protest. We got a lot to say about that next week. Next week. Jack Dorsey donates $10 million to Meek Mill and Jay-Z's Reform Alliance to give PPV and testing to jails, to, um, to prisons. Study, people with coronavirus are dying 10 years earlier than they would have naturally. That's also not good news. There's another symptom, let opportunity. This is going to, this thing's going to be a disaster. I'll tell you more about this next week. Next week, we will explain what we're going to do next week during the final parts of our show, of the, of the radio show today. Virus symptoms multiply as pandemic deepens. It says here every week it seems the list of coronavirus systems grows larger. Those viruses can cause disease in two ways. They can damage tissue, reputation, or they can create damage as a side effect of the immune system fighting off the disease. It's a catalog of symptoms now. Barclay staff are told to work from home until at least June 15th. Clean up on the aisle everywhere. A day in the life of the supermarket malls during coronavirus. They're just showing how they have to clean everything and whatnot. Inspection, citations, recall, slash, coronavirus is testing. America's Food Safety Network. Why some nurses have quit during the pandemic. A lot of them have quit during the pandemic. It's become a little bit too much in the places that they have these particular patients. Trump, people in Pennsylvania want their freedom now, but Democrats delay reopening to hurt him. As he says, Germany confirmed coronavirus cases rise by 933 to 170,508. Nearly one third of Americans believe a coronavirus vaccine exists and is being withheld survey fines. Governor Cuomo said New York now safe to reopen at Bay 15th as coronavirus cases death toll drops. A coronavirus mystery explained Moscow has more than 1,700 deaths, extra deaths. Is baseball coming back? They're saying July 4th. White House to require staffers to wear masks and West Wing. China's defensive. The U.S. is absent. Can the rest of the world fill the void? We did our time. A Colorado restaurant defies state order reopens the packed crowds. Companies are dropping big hints about the new normal about once coronavirus lockdowns end. 
it's a bit confusing, but they'll explain what well we'll explain what the new normal will look like in a lot of places very soon on next week's episode. Chaotic photo reveals countries struggling with coronavirus pandemic. This is Brazil. They're now using public transportation, and it's not that going well. Philippines president will extend the coronavirus lockdown beyond the ninth week. Senegal to reopen mosques, ease restrictions as coronavirus cases jump. Japan to approve its first coronavirus antigen test test on Wednesday, that they, the upcoming Wednesday. New Zealand still report supports Taiwan at WHO despite Chinese rebuke. Coronavirus lockdowns could spark a rise in HIV infections. What in the world are these people talking about? How can... <clears throat> No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Let me repeat this again. If lockdowns and stay-at-home orders are succeeding in slowing down the spread of the coronavirus, health experts warn that the measures could unintentionally undermine their efforts to contain another potentially deadly disease, HIV. What are they trying to say here? Let me repeat this again. Coronavirus lockdown could spark rise in HIV infections. What are you talking about? How are they related? We know how the virus spreads, as we know right now. But you're now telling me this is going to cause a rise in HIV cases? Come on, folks. Come on. Come on. Since 7.6 million UK jobs at risk due to coronavirus lockdowns. Coronavirus death control at UK passes 40,000. Disease expert, coronavirus will rage until it infects everybody it possibly can. Pence calls for testing all nursing home residents and staff. <clears throat> Wuhan draws out plans to test all 11 million residents. How the UK will ease out of lockdown. They will show the information there. Who sees potentially positive data on COVID-19 treatments. Inmates try to get coronavirus in hopes of early release. LA Sheriff says. Robot dogs patrol parks in Singapore to ensure social distancing. Fauci to warn Senate of needless suffering and death if U.S. reopens too soon. Mask for some White House staffers, but none for Trump as mis messages continue. Connecticut governor fires health commissioner over COVID-19 missteps. Then they did the Fauci hearing. Here are the things that happened during that particular hearing. Fauci says spikes in cases are opening during reopening are inevitable. He also continues that Fauci, from a question from Bernie Sanders, he asked Dr. Fauci whether he believes that the U.S. death toll from the coronavirus is accurate. Then Fauci says that the death toll is higher than reported. He might have a case on that. Then he Sanders continues during that 
questioning that he wants health officials to commit to a free vaccine. Then Rand Paul, in a damning rebuke, says that you're not the end all, Dr. Fauci. White House, virus originated in a lab or a wet market. Which one? The 60 Minutes interview that Scott Pelley did with the NIH people that were working with the NIH shows a very dark story, folks. This is going to be absolutely crazy once this thing is revealed. It is going to be the end of a lot of shit, especially with China and the rest of it. It's going to be the end of a lot of shit. It's going to be the end of a lot of shit, and people are going to see it for what it is. Pelosi unveils $3 trillion coronavirus aid package. Should U.S. look to Sweden or Germany for a model of combating the coronavirus? McConnell plays blame on 2020 coronavirus for on Barack Obama. <laughs> well, explain that, but UK, Russia surpasses UK for second highest case total in the world. So Russia is starting to get this coronavirus thing. And since it's closer to the full, mm, that's not good. LA with all certainty will keep staying whole orders in place through July. Newsom is becoming a dictator somewhat. More aid the states? That depends on their political hue. Trump approval dips among mountain coronavirus death toll. In Japan, two compounds to fight coronavirus. In the global hunt for coronavirus, there's a Japanese antiviral medicine known as Anigen has won one U.S. $128 million in government funding. But it's not the only game in town. Commerce a 35-year-old pancreatic drug made by Osaka-based Ono Pharmaceutical, has captured the interest of scientists in Japan and overseas with little fanfare or state assistance. Somehow, it looks like the cure is going to come from Japan. Hmm. Looks like they're going to get the treatment. If this one is going to be successful, look like the Japan might have found a way to ease this situation. And another 35-year-old drug. They can't get on the hydroquinone thing, but, you know, Japan's going to find that cure in there. Well, you know. Hey, who found the who finds the cure first wins the world? That's what it's saying. I wouldn't be surprised if the Japanese found it. They you did, and they said, Oh, we're not gonna do it. It's for free for the whole world. That's gonna put a lot of nice graces in a lot of people and, 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 and get them set ready for them Olympics and they'll have their victory lap. That's the plan. That's the plan for them. They're gonna save the world. Who I, I'm not I won't be surprised. They deserve it. I'm not gonna be shocked. Survey finds that 50% of parents worry about their child's health if they return playing sports. Researchers revise COVID-19 death forecasts upward again. UK researchers tried to crack genetic removal of COVID-19. 
gaming company to roll out mass vending machines in Singapore. She also sees fire chest serves after promising amenity. Thailand reports no new coronavirus cases for the first time in March, since March. Wuhan to test all residents again, like we said earlier. Child deaths could rise by 6,000 a day worldwide due to disrupted health services. French coronavirus death toll overcase Spain's now world's fourth largest. Back to work, Brits fill some buses and tube trains amid warnings that commuting is fraught with danger. Teen Chump OK's push for CDC to revise down its COVID-19 death counts. Revise it down? Hmm. CDC does stress test for more virus flare-ups. Flare-ups. Companies ramping at-home saliva tests are banking on endless demand. What are the social distancing rules for your state? They mention all those social wrestling deals. UK unemployment rises as welfare claims hit 2.5 million. Bill Gates is funding a new COVID-19 program and it's already testing 300 people a day. Reopening the schools unlikely to cause huge problems, UK disease expert said. Arizona gives green light for pro sports to resume. Russia suspends use of ventilator type sent to U.S. after fatal fires. Trump administration to ramp out syringe production for a future vaccine. Railway ticket worker dies due to the coronavirus at the Panthers spit attack. 12 countries have no reported cases. These are the countries that have no reported cases. This is the Pacific Island nations, 10 Pacific Island nations. Gibraltar, Marshall Islands, Micronesia, Nauru, Palau, Samoa, Samoan Islands, Tonga, Tuvalu, and Vanuatu. And two countries with no free press, Turkmenistan and North Korea, with no reported cases. We know that at least two, both of them have the reported cases. There is no confirmed COVID-19 cases in the American Samoa or the U.S. Virgin Islands. Fed chair warns of a possible sustained U.S. reception from pandemic. A 113-year-old Spanish woman somehow survives coronavirus. NBC virologists are hospitalized with COVID-19, Dr. Joseph Fair. Most voters say the Trump impeachment should wear masks in public. 44% of Americans say they talk about the coronavirus most or all the time. Mexico to begin reopening next week does spike jumping cases. Cuomo, 15 states to begin investigating cases of COVID-linked syndrome impacting children. At least 15 states are investigating a rare inflammatory syndrome impacting children that is believed to be linked to the novel coronavirus. Cuomo said the New York health officials are investigating 102 cases of the syndrome, which is linked to three deaths in the state and 14 other states, including California and Connecticut, that have reported cases. Then there was another um, meeting with this particular person, Rick Bright, the ousted former head of the U.S. Biomedical Re Advanced Research and Development Authority, BARDA, 
saying that a window of opportunity is closing. Coronavirus tests used at the White House may be wrong half the time. Are you serious, folks? Are you serious? You can't be serious. We're serious now, right? The coronavirus says using the White House may be giving false positives? Not an acceptable answer. Trump criticizes Fauci's warning about reopening schools and calming. The NFL... Players Association president thankful that Andrew took CBA deal before coronavirus pandemic hit. Nearly 600,000 Australians lose job as coronavirus lockdown bites. Vladimir Putin promises bonuses for medical staff, but they say they did not get this. Uh, U.S. immunologist. Warns of darkest winter if virus rebounds. UN's warns of global mental health crisis due to COVID-19. We're going to mention that later on in a future segment. Dubai Airport CEO, global travel still up in the air due to the virus. Brazil passes France in coronavirus cases to become the sixth world hit, hit country. New Zealand leaps out of coronavirus lockdown with Cute bungee jumps, midnight haircuts. Up to one, 100 UK children infected by new disease linked to COVID-19. Designing results of an antibody test so 100% accuracy and potential breakthrough. Whistleblower warns Congress of great works of rushing to reopen the United States. Trump traveled to Pennsylvania as he pressures governor to reopen faster. Another one was coming. Army scientists working on a vaccine had long feared emergence of new coronaviruses. Wisconsin High Court tosses out governor, say a home order. As people use COVID-19 as a weapon, U.S. states more criminal crackdowns. Wu warns that virus may be here to stay as toll nears 300,000. Italian families to get one thousand pounds of childcare as part of package to restart economy. Approval for Trump's handling of the Corona's outbreak on the decline. Another 2.98 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits. FBI serves warrant on Senator in investigation of stock sales linked to coronavirus. The new time cover. There's a right way to reopen America. This ain't it. Trump without a mask. Amid Trump attacks, Bright warns Congress a window of opportunities closing. Bright time is running out. Bright bats in action at the um, human health and human services. We're in deep shit. Dr. Richard Bright, former director of Broader, revealing his testimony before a House Senate committee on Thursday, what he said to a colleague about the country's lack of N95 masks months before the coronavirus outbreak. Bright, Trump's obsession with hydrochlorine was extremely distracting. Pushback on Bright from Trump and others. 
More than 300,000 deaths worldwide. Right? Tentative testimony concludes with him saying about these particular things as well. Matchless Trump touts medical supplies facility in Pennsylvania. Crowds packed Wisconsin bars after court stops coronavirus stay-at-home order. Former manager Art Howe in ICU with coronavirus. Conor McGregor stuns medical clinic with PPE poor uh, donation amid coronavirus. It was like Christmas. FDA pros accuracy issue with Abbott's rapid test, rapid virus test. Typhoon forces 1,440,000 from homes and virus hit Philippines. Chile digs thousands of graves for COVID-19 surge. Trump threatens China ties, said no move with Z-Talk. Awkward greetings and long queues as Hong Kong's financiers return to work. Who model predicts coronavirus could infect more than 200 million in Africa? First COVID-19 case found in Rohingya refugee camps in Bangladesh. Uh-oh. And Arica's splendid isolation keeps coronavirus at bay. Pandemic effects will last up to two years, warns doctor who first treated UK patients. COVID causes more than a quarter of all deaths in England and Wales nursing homes. Gold standard research found plasma therapy has low certainty of effectiveness. Five New York regions to start reopening on Friday. House to vote on Friday on more coronavirus aid despite GOP skeptics. British Health Service bosses tell doctors not to make a fuss about PPE shortages, investigation fines. House expected to vote by proxy for the first time. After delay, CDC releases new guidance on how states can safely reopen. McConnell said he was wrong about Obama pandemic playbook. <laughs> Wuhan confirms it will test all 11 million residents to avoid second wave. New study showed no benefit in hydrocortisone virus treatment. NIH director large-scale vaccine testing inspected in July. Ivanka Trump, I wear a mask near my father so he doesn't have to. CDDC warns big drop in routine vaccinations for children as parents shun doctor's offices. Trump in speech on vaccines interrupted by truckers. Matchless Trump again. Coronavirus paints the future of college and colleges in limbo. Sailors on sideline character gets virus for the second time. Newly reopened South Florida seems an emerging coronavirus hotspot. Europe sees two deaths, multiple cases called COVID linked syndrome in children. So Europe sees in one of them in France. Experts urge caution as nations begin to unlock. UK launches trial of COVID-19 sniffer dogs. Italy to reopen borders for tourists in early June. Nearly a quarter of a billion Africans will catch coronavirus this year. WHO warns Air Canada to share about 20,000 staff. Nine-year-old boy dies of coronavirus linked Kawasaki disease in France. Trump emerging powers worry some senators, legal experts. 
Mexico moves to move up economy despite ominous rise in infections. New York tourists arrested after posting Hawaii Beach photos. Senator Maxine Waters' sister died of coronavirus after surgery was not tested before operation. Russia reports a spike in coronavirus cases. As meat processing plants struggle to reopen, do government doctors warn of shortages. Soccer kicks off in Germany as first major sports league reopens amid pandemic. Virus rules tighten illegal immigration on U.S.-Canada border. U.S. on pace to pass 100,000 COVID-19 deaths by June 1st, CDC director says. Newly reopened South Florida scenes as emerging coronavirus hospital, as we just mentioned earlier. Some evangelicals feared the mark of the beast from a coronavirus vaccine. Trump pushes warp speed effort on coronavirus vaccine, ignoring lessons from a long-ago drug calamity. That's the one that happened in 1976 with the flu. The richest neighborhoods emptied out most as coronavirus hit New York City, which caused the thing, for, which caused the coronavirus to spread faster around the country. What we know about your chances about the country the coronavirus outdoors. Interviews showed that a growing consensus among experts that if Americans are going to leave their homes, it's safer to be outside than to be in the office in the mall. Uh, amid reports of uh, White House clashes with CDC, experts raised alarms about the lack of coronavirus screening at airports. A minute coronavirus cancellation in Illinois High School got creative. A parade, graduation, and reunion all in one. When did coronavirus arrive in the U.S.? They said the evidence said that it came from Europe and whatnot. Warsaw, Poland, there was an attack. I mean, not an attack. It was protesters demanding an end to economic restrictions. The bucking the coronavirus conspiracies in viral pandemic video. From respect to sick and twisted, how coronavirus hit U.S. China ties. Governor Cuomo expresses optimism in Yankees men's playing. There's a lot of reward with minimal risk. And that is pretty much what happened this week. Dealing with the coronavirus. Two more news items concerning that. Pompeo recently stated that China lost the genome in order to find the coronavirus. They lost the genome, folks. So they asked for the genome and then said, oh, we don't have it. How can you not have it? We have to figure this out. We have to solve the, uh, I don't know where it is. They put China pretty much said, I don't know where it is. This is not good news, folks. It's not good news. Before we end this segment today, we have to go through the numbers of who about Corona, not COVID-19 from the Johns Hopkins, uh, from the Johns Hopkins University. This is the dashboard. We're at 4.6 million people confirmed with the virus. 
The majority of this, 1 million are in the United States. Russia is in second. The UK is at third. Spain at fourth. Italy, fifth. Brazil is in sixth. France, seventh. Germany at eighth. Turkey and Iran is nine. And then, and then India falls up at 10. China is still at 84,000. And then you have all the rest of them here. Israel and Japan now went to 6,000, 16,000, excuse me. Uh, South Korea had their increase as well. The majority of the deaths are in the United States. 88,000 have passed away. 34,000 now at 400, actually. And then the deaths and recoveries are shown in the United States as well. So it's pretty much doubted there. Majority of the country in the United States, if you look at the map here, it's pretty damn bad. And Africa is a lot less of a problem. Brazil getting to be a problem. Some of the others there are having um, particular things coming back as well. They're trying to lift the lockdown. We'll see. So next week, we will not have a coronavirus update next week. And the reason is simple is because next week we're going to be focusing on what happens on the um, in the future past the six months after all we have gathered all the data and whatnot. So it's going to be set up the particular things this way. We might have something small about the coronavirus and what are other particular things as well. Um, but we won't be not be doing any more coronavirus updates unless notified. And we won't do one. Hopefully, we'll, it will come back September when we start back on September 25th. That's the date that we're going to start the second season of Beyond This Earth. So just to let you guys know. So... Thank you for listening. We will see you guys uh, in just a couple of minutes for the next segment, which is the news segment. And then after that, we talk about Flynn, Michael Flynn, and the railroading of justice. We'll be back right after this on Beyond This Earth. Welcome to the news. Here's what happened during this week. Trump pushed pressure on GOP to Mrs. Biden and Jazz Media in a tweet storm that he did recently. Anyway, the grants, the Navy, it grants the first exception to the ban on transgenders. Representative Johnson admits that he will not seek a third-party presidential bid. Trump pushes McConnell to embrace Obama. Gabe will talk about that later. Let's see here. Trump unveils Space Force flag. Pentagon says his super-duper missiles are 
hypersonic weapons. Anarchy is no cure for coronavirus or injustice. This is a um an article from the Hill. And small businesses face bankruptcy across the nation. The few storefronts in Philadelphia face a different kind of threat. A disturbing news video from Channel 6 News shows that groups of shoplifters are brazenly salting in stores, filling backpacks, whatever they wanted, and walking out. Some even turn to lecture store owners about the new normal, saying that shoplifting is now allowed dealing with the coronavirus. They're not telling us the law that they're not going to get locked up. The worst part, the criminals are correct, and it is a consequence of a flawed and counterproductive version of criminal justice reform espoused by Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner. As a defense lawyer, Krasner grabbed headlines by suing the police 75 times. Since becoming DA, Krasner has refused to prosecute certain gun crimes and is raising attacks on police and demoralized the Philadelphia Police Department. On the 17th of March, Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw announced that via a memo, the law enforcement officers will no longer make arrests for drug trafficking, flat vandalism, prostitution, or even mugging. Her division was strongly urged by Krasner. The outlaw memo, and it is officially titled, makes an exception for crimes that pose a threat to public safety. Don't all crimes pose a threat to public safety, or is just being mugged being part of puzzle be living in a big city? The stated reason for this anarchy is that jails are too full during the coronavirus threat. Of course, that implies that offenders can purposely overload the justice system and cops can't do any about anything about it. Krasner's office has responded to the shoplifting videos by attempting to redefine the crime. A mom entering a business sounds like more just like shoplifting. It sounds like terroristic. If police are making arrests in cases like that, our office will charge appropriately. By redefining the offense as terrorism, the DA's office is trying to avoid blame for this brand new crime raid. Sadly, it appears police leadership has been brought to heel by both Outlaw and Krasner. The fraternal owner of police have issued an official statement, followed by an explanation by the FOP Lodge President John McNesby that the directive was released to keep officers safe during the particular health crisis. The rank-and-file cops I know will never go along with this. They became law enforcement officers because they care about keeping the city safe no matter what the threat. But as devastating as crime wave speed streets upon the poorest big city in America, the invisible victims of these false criminal justice reforms are Philadelphia's most vulnerable. I'm not talking about just 7-Eleven owners such as Vincent Emanuel who says it's a lawless city, it's the Wild West. That is what's happening here. His pleas for help have gone unanswered. He is talking about prisoners and low-level offenders who benefit from legitimate criminal justice reform. Pennsylvania's Bipartisan Justice Re-Initiative Two improves sentencing and parole for nonviolent offenders and reinvests associated savings to reduce recidivism. 
This reform came at the heels of the First Step Act of 2018, which has been called the most significant federal crime criminal justice system reform in a generation. But the momentum for federal prison, federal prison reforms that are truly prioritized public safety while treating inmates humanely is threatened by the recklessness and extremely bad optics of Krasner and his particular groups. To improve our justice system, the public must have confidence that compassionate reform results in safer communities. That can only be achieved if our leaders can be trusted to protect life, liberty, and property. When leaders such as Krasner adopt the mantle reform while undermining public safety, trust is lost as the opportunity for progress. No one wants the Wild West as their future. Serious criminal justice reform advocates should stop Creating radical district attorneys such as Krasner as champions for their cause. Instead, they should focus on research-driven policies with proven results rather than handpicking which laws to enforce. You're seeing the future of America right in that in Philadelphia right now. You're seeing it right now. I'll explain that next week. Let's continue with the news. Puerto Rico will hold state referendum, statehood referendum amid disillusion. The House passes a $3 trillion stimulus package with no chance in the Senate to pass. Um, moving on to other world news, China faces downward pressure on foreign trade this year. Um, boy, oh, wait, 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 let's see here. Orban might give up emergency powers in June, Prime Minister says. This is concerning coronavirus. Merkel cites hard evidence that she was targeted by Russian hackers. Uh, Japan will be easing their emergency, except in Tokyo and Osaka. Wuhan will start testing, like I said earlier. Hong Kong is pushing a national anthem bill just as protests are starting up again. Um, Pope joins interfaith prayers against coronavirus. He urges the ultra conservatives. As said it earlier before, Strong typhoon slams into the Philippines. So they say here that 9-11 saw most of our privacy swept aside. Coronavirus can end it altogether. And they talk about all these particular things concerning the technology. U.S. moves to cut highway off from global chip suppliers. Amazon doesn't commit to put Bezos before trust. Uh, antitrust committee. Chrome will block ads to, that drain your battery and gobble up network data. And then the technology side of things. Concerning money, the pandemic will make all the Dollar General more dominant. This is dealing with supermarkets. Longstanding JP, JC Penny 
will file for bankruptcy. Dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Kodlo folks cutting the tax corporate tax rate in half. The Trump administration still wants to cut food stamps. Some small businesses say it's too soon to reopen. Another Amazon worker dies and makes calls to release COVID-19 data. So here is... um. Concerning all these things, concerning um the viruses and whatnot, online shopping a loan price brought another week and otherwise bleak retail sales report. Terrible sales report shows acceleration in facing struggling and thriving retailers. So more on that particular. Stuff there. On uh, a lot of opinion pages here, and especially with all these particular things as well. Five things that people said about Biden and accuser Tower Reed in a stunning report. Um but Michael Tracy has been uh, looking into this uh, particular situation. Concerning uh, Tower Reed, and when he asked questions to the new um, attorney for Mrs. Reed, he kept skipping these particular questions. He is not too sure about Reed's story outright. So he is still doing the investigation concerning this. So it is possible that this particular story of Tara Reed will turn on its head. And speaking one more thing concerning about technology, after the Alinity issue that took place about two weeks ago on Twitch, a new safety and con- uh, uh, council or Twitch has been interviewed, has been interviewed and set up. And one of these particular people in that panel has a very peculiar history concerning video games and personal life as well. And it is deeply concerning in certain ways. We'll explain all of that in a special that we are planning to do that will be showcased. uh, uh, Actually, not a special, but we'll talk about that after. The special we're doing has to do with um, a certain thing with a video game and the video game industry. And in particular, one part of the video game industry as well. They will be talking about that particular thing as well, and we will be dealing with that uh, in the aftermath of uh, in the uh, final segment. And we'll talk about what will happen more about what will happen next week and the topics we will discuss there. So those particular staff changes coming out of validity, I will explain more after that. So this is pretty much it for the new segment. We'll be coming back right after this with the Michael Flynn issue and what it means coming up next on Beyond This Earth. We'll be back right after this.
Welcome back. If you did not know, Michael Flynn, who was going to be the security advisor for the Trump administration and pled guilty to things concerning the Russian investigation, had that particular charges changed over. Let us explain how we got here. I want to start with the turkey thing because I think this is important before we get to all the information that we have here. This is not going to be too long. I hope to make this only 15 minutes, the whole thing, just to give you the overview of what's happened and what I believe is going on. Now, on July 2016, Flynn spoke at a meeting of Act for America at a point where the 2016 coup d'etat attempt uh, against Erdogan, Oregon, Oregon was still underway. He spoke favorably of the coup participant, saying that Oregon had been moving Turkey away from secularism and towards Islamism, and that participants in the coup wanted Turkey to be seen as a secular nation or goal worth clapping for. By the end of 2016, Flynn's consulting company was hired by Innova BV, a company owned by Camille Ekim Apkin, the chair of the Turkish American Business Council, which is an arm of the Foreign Economic Relations Board of Turkey, that's DKEC. On November 8th, Election Day in the United States, an op-ed was written by Flynn, published by The Hill calling for the U.S. backing of Erdogan's government and criticizing the regime's opponent, Gulen, saying that Gulen had headed a fast global network that had lifted the description of a dangerous sleeper terror network. At the time, Flynn did not disclose that his consulting firm had received funds with a company with ties to the Turkish government. After Flynn's ties had been disclosed by the Daily Caller, Political and others, the editor of AL added a note to the Flynn's op-ed stating that Flynn had failed to disclose that he had been engaged at the time in consulting work that might have aided the government of Turkey, that his firm received payments from a company with close ties to the Turkish government or that the company had reviewed the draft of the op-ed before it was submitted to the Hill. Now, on March 18th, 2017, Flynn registered with the Justice Department as a foreign agent for $530,000 worth of lobbying work before Election Day. This work was done on behalf of a Dutch-based company that may have been working for the Turkish government. On the 24th of, not, 24th of March of the same year, former director of the CIA James Woodley said that on September 2016, Flynn, while working for the Trump presidential campaign, had attended a meeting with a New York hotel with Turkish officials, including Foreign Minister Merlut Kalisvall, 
and energy minister Berlach Alabak, son-in-law to Turkey's president Recep Tayyip Erdogan, and is discussed adopting Fulad Gulen and sending him to Turkey, bypassing the extradition process the U.S. has. Blinstead, in a classified national security briefings with then-candidate Trump, at the same time, Flynn was working with foreign clients, which raised ethical concerns and contract of interest. Flynn was paid 5000 to serve as a consultant for the U.S.-Russian project that built 40 nuclear reactors across the Middle East, in which Flynn's failure to disclose was flagged by Elijah Cummings and Eric Engel as possible federal violations of federal law. I just want to make this clear about the Turkey situation before we go into the Russian issue. Now let's get into the Russian issue and the issues concerning the Russian ambassador first before we get to the rest of the data out here. Flynn's history with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislak dated to 2013. They met with Kislak, coordinated Flynn's trip to Moscow for Flynn's work with the Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA. As stated in the Mueller report, reporting into the investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election, published 2019, Flynn met with Kislak at Trump Tower at November 30th, 2016, along with Trump's son-in-law and advisor, Jared Kushner. No agreement was made during the meeting. Kiziak want Russian generals to discuss the topic of American policy in Syria with the Trump transition team on a secure channel. However, Flynn stated that the Trump transition team did not possess any channels in their offices. Kushner wanted to use secure channels at the Russian embassy, but Kiziak declined. Russian intelligence, I mean, U.S. intelligence, excuse me, agencies intercepted the report to Russian officials regarding the meeting reported by the Washington Post in 2017. This is important. On this one will be important because let's continue here. On December 22nd, Flynn urged Kizilak to have Russia oppose a delay of a U.N. Security Council resolution condemning Israeli settlers in Palestine. Flynn was one of the several members of the Trump transition team who contacted foreign governments to do so. Trump was also a part of this particular effort. As reported by CNN, the Israeli government had asked the Obama administration to veto the resolution to no avail. As a result, the Israeli government had asked the Trump administration to influence the Obama administration to put forth a veto. On December 23rd, Kislak told Flynn that Russia will not oppose any such resolution. The U.S. under the Obama administration abstained from voting in the resolution passed. Flynn then continued communicating with Kislak on December 2016. On the 19th of December, 
the outgoing administration announced retaliatory measures in response to the interference in the 2016 presidential campaign by the Russian government, including the explosion of 35 suspected Russian intelligence agents. Blaine has no advanced knowledge of the measures being informed once they were implemented. So I want y'all to listen to this very carefully and make this clear for everybody to understand this. Flynn told the people that was working in the Obama administration that Susan Rice and her people to delay a vote concerning the issues of Palestine and they were able to get then they were able to get an abstination from both Russia and the United States concerning this particular issue with this. Then when the investigation started concerning with Trump in the 2016 election, that's when this whole thing started to unravel. Now, continuing on the 29th, Kizilak called Flynn and they spoke. The conversation was intercepted by U.S. intelligence agencies who routinely monitor Kiziat. Transcripts of this particular conversation exist, but the Department of Justice under the administration declined to make them proper as of this, as of 2019, June. When, in discussing the recent sanctions, gave advice to Kiziat that the Russian government should not escalate the situation. The Flynn Kiziak phone conversation was reportedly reviewed by Obama advisors who were briefed on the content of the FBI with suspicion and possibly secret deal with the incoming team in Moscow, which could have violated the dormant Logan Act that bars unauthorized U.S. citizens from negotiating with foreign powers in disputes with the United States. On the 12th of January, 2017, communist David Inglacius, Ignatius, writing for the New York Washington Post, excuse me, made public that Flynn had called Kiziak on the 29th, signing a Syrian U.S. official. Ignatius pointed out that this was not the same day that the U.S. announced that this was the same day the U.S. announced the sanctions against Russia and questioning Flynn in anything to undercut U.S. sanctions. According to the Mueller report, the following events happened as this way. Trump reacted angrily to the Washington Post article. Trump becoming chief, Rance Priebus said Flynn of this, killed the story. Flynn instructed his aide, KT McFarlane to lie to the Washington Post that Flynn had not disclosed the sanctions to Kiziak on the 29th. Flynn knew this was false, but followed Flynn's instructions. According to the Mueller report on the following days, Flynn proceeded to lie, not proceeded to lie, not discussing the sanctions with Kiziak to upcoming chief of staff Rens Priebus, incoming secretary. Son Spicer and Vice President Mike Pence. The trio publicly parroted the falsehood to the media, not knowing it was false. On the 13th, Spicer said that Flynn Kiziak's calls was only entered into the logistics of sending a Trump Putin call after Trump became president. On the 15th, 
Previous said, I had talked to Flynn. None of that came up. And the subject of sanctions on the answers of the Obama administration did not come up in the conversation. Also on the 15th, Pence said that he discussed the matter with Flynn and that the Flynn Kesiak um, call did not discuss anything have to do with the United States decision to expel diplomats or impose censure against Russia. As a result, the Obama administration officials feared that these publicly faced falsehoods will reside in a compromised situation for Flynn because the Department of Justice has assessed that the Russian government couldn't prove Flynn lied, stated the report. I just want y'all to listen to this. Now we get to the meeting with the FBI. This is not, it's not going to be that long because I'm going to talk about what they found out after this one. In January 2017, James Comey, who was the former director of the FBI, decided to send FBI agents to interview Flynn. Knowing that Flynn had asked Ambassador Kiziat to make sure Russia did not respond harshly to U.S. sanctions, and knowing that Flynn had told Mike Pence and, and Chief of Staff Rance Priebus that he had not made this that he had not made this request, Comey decided that Flynn needed to be investigated to make sure he was not acting under Russian influence. Comey asked for Flynn to be called directly to arrange the meeting. Instead of following the usual protocol in attempting to arrange a meeting with Flynn through the White House Counsel's Office. Andrew McCabe, who was the deputy FBI director at the time, <clears throat> called Flynn on the morning of January 24th, asking him to meet two FBI agents. Flynn agreed. The two FBI agents, Joe Planka and Peter Strazok, met Flynn in the office later that day. Before the meeting, McCabe, Trezok, and Planka considered whether to remind Flynn beforehand that lying to the FBI during an interview was a crime, but decided against it because they wanted Flynn to be relaxed and they were concerned that giving warnings on might adversely affect the report, according to a statement later put out by Flynn's lawyers based on internal FBI documents. During the meeting, the FBI agents discussed with Flynn about his contest with Kiziak regarding the late December 2019, United Nations Security Council resolution regarding Israeli settlements. Flynn told the FBI agents that he had not tried to influence Russia's vote on the resolution. This was a lie because Flynn previously did ask Kiziak to have Russia oppose or delay the resolutions. Listen very carefully. I'm going to talk about something that is related to this in a minute. The FBI agents then asked Flynn whether he had asked Kiziak to avoid escalating the diplomatic conflict or whether he had advocated and against tit-for-tat against Russia's response to U.S. sanctions. According to FBI notes, Flynn responded, Not really. I don't remember. It wasn't. Don't do anything. This was a lie because Flynn had previously advised Kiziak that Russia should temper with response to U.S. sanctions. Flynn also lied about a follow-up phone call between him and Kiziak on this matter, stating that he could not remember it. The conversation about Kiziak informing him that Russia had chosen to 
moderated its response to his reactions as a result of funds requests stated the Mueller report. After the meeting, Huska prepared an F-302 form, a form to summarize an FBI interview for the discussion with Flynn. Streisog later modified his report and submitted his own form, which became the official report of the meeting. The original 302 was later declared missing by the FBI. Based on the results of the interview, the acting attorney general Sally Yates made an urgent request to meet with McCann. She met with him on February 26th and again on the 27th. She informed McCann that Flynn was compromised and possibly open to blackmail by the Russians. Yates told McCann that Flynn had misled Pence and other administration officials about the nature of the conversation with the Russian ambassador. She stated that Flynn's underlying conduct, which she could not describe due to classification, was problematic in and of itself, saying that it was a whole lot more than one White House official lying to another. Former U.S. De Secretary of Defense Robert Gates called the possibility of Flynn being blackmailed a kind of a stretch, while acknowledging his false statement was a problem that I would have told the president about. Then on the 22nd of 2017, the Wall Street Journal reported that Flynn was under investigation by U.S. counterintelligence agencies in its communications with Russian officials. Now let's get to what happened, why they dropped the case. Here's why they dropped the case. Make sure I got this right. This is from a Twitter user who's been investigating the case. Now, he's, the Twitter user says, the initial Flynn Kesiak leak was not to David Ignatius. It was to the Washington Post reporter, Adam Intuos. The leak came directly from sources who saw a transcript and described it. To Antios, we believe that the Flynn Kiziak occurred around uh, incident occurred around the seventeenth February uh, uh, on January fifth, twenty seventeen, same day Obama was allegedly briefed on the call by Clapper. This date coincides with Antios reporting on other intercepted communications from Russian officials that were leaked to into us. He highlights this particular one, and it says here, U.S. officials who said American intelligence agencies intercepted communications after the aftermath of the election, which Russian officials congratulated themselves on the outcome. Into us, my sources started whispering to me there were this mysterious communications between Flynn and Kiziak. This caused an internal WAPOL discussion whether to run the Flynn Kiziak story. To his credit, Intelos did not find it newsworthy. This is the, I'm reading the highlights here from the notes that I just got that I have. Then my sources started whispering. This is NTS, Adam NTS saying this. Then my sources started whispering to me that there was all these mysterious communications between Michael Flynn and him, between Michael Flynn and Kiziak, who was the um, uh, delegate for Trump and the Russian ambassador Kiziak. 
There were divisions within the newsroom. At that point, I'm on the Washington Post. There were divisions about this. Why is this news Michael Flynn talking to the Russian ambassador? He should be talking to the Russian ambassador. He should be talking about him, about the city and the children of Aleppo, for example. There is no reason that he should not be having that conversation. I was arguing internally that we need something more than just the fact that it was a conversation, but I'm one of many reporters. Why did this story go to David Ignatius? As a columnist, he was about to throw out the fling keys he had called and said, what was it about? I'm not certain the call was ever independently leaked to Ignatius. What happened was a columnist, David Ignatius, Roller story around the 12th of January, which revealed that Kiziak has been having these conversations up with Flynn. But it wasn't clear to Ignatius what the conversations were about. This is something a colonist can do, unlike a news reporter. He was able to just throw this piece of red meaning out there and say, there was this conversation, what was it about? Further, Flynn Kiziak leads to Intias on February 9th, 2017, perhaps from the same source who provided the initial leak and supported by news sources. And then he shows this particular article from that particular place. And I'm just reading the highlight here. Um, Michael Flynn privately discussed U.S. sanctions with Russia with that country's ambassador to the United States during the month that President Trump took office, contrary to public assertions. Then on the then he continues the timeline, his Twitter user. On the 13th of February, 2017, likely DOJ leaks related to on behalf of Sally Yates, an official with her thinking. Curious if that was McCord or Tashina Gananar. Then he continues, how close was the source to Yates? Close enough to know exactly when Yates saw the intelligence. What this intelligence came in, which will be late December, early January, Yates saw the evidence. Michael Tracy later continues on here. The counterintelligence investigation of Mike Flynn for engaging in routine diplomatic activity, which had no legitimate basis and therefore nearly had the unmasking of his phone communications, a wildly invasive infringement on civil liberties that liberals now absolutely love. So much of the media got absolutely snookered or wanted to get snookered by Russiagate that it's almost useless to isolate any specific culprits. Yes, the most cartoonish wrongdoers were mad down company, but the entire United States media ecosystem failed spectacularly in utter disgrace. Continuing, Tom Cotton, a senator from Arizona. Why is Joe Sullivan making up new rules to railroad a General Flynn, we're all supposed to be equal under the law. A plea must be knowing and intelligent, but because the government withheld its culpability evidence, Flynn's plea was neither. Now Judge Sullivan wants to have partisan acts explore whether Flynn should be charged with perjury for entering the plea in the first place, which happens to be the charge that Barack Obama discussed in his leaked private call. ACLU, where are you on this? Surely a nonpartisan organization devoted to preserving civil liberties had concerns about what's happening with General Flynn. And then they talked about the lockdown here. Now, there are three particular articles I'm trying to, I will try to summarize. The Department of Justice last week dismissed the prosecution of Michael Flynn who seemingly served as president 
fleetingly served as President Trump's first national security advisor to the heated commentary over this decision. Scant attention hasn't been paid to the most compelling reason for vacating his guilty plea to one count on making false statements to FBI agents. The government wouldn't have a prayer of convicting Flynn at trial. Allowing the convention to stand would have been a travesty. This basic fact is an utter lack of sufficient evidence is obscured by the DOJ's heavy reliance on the legal rationale for dropping the case. In his 20-page memorandum in support of dismissal, the DOJ contends that any false statements by Flynn could not have been material evidence because there was no legitimate basis to investigate or interview him. Federal law makes materiality an essential element in a false statement charge. The FBI opened a counterintelligence probe of firm in August of 2017 on the absurd ground that he may be a clandestine Russian agent. Flynn is a retired three-star army general and a decorated army combat commander who had recently written a book identifying Russia as a committed global adversary of the United States. This suspicion was furiously supported. James Comey authorized the closing of the investigation in 2016, and then the paperwork was completed on the 4th, 2017, 20 days before the interview. Then the FBI learned that Flynn, as an official of the Trump administration, was designated to be the president's national security advisor, had communications in December with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kiziak. The government was monitoring Skiziak and recordings to show that Flynn did nothing inappropriate. There was no grounds to open an investigation to, to begin a criminal investigation. DOJ now theorizes that the Flynn interview was not connected to a properly based investigation. Any alleged false statements he could have made are not material. Both Flynn and the investigation, moreover, knew that the Kiziak discussions were recorded. Flynn stressed that if agents could listen to the conversation if they wanted to, to know what they discovered. Any misstatements during the interview could not have affected the FBI's understanding. They mentioned three particular parts here. First, Flynn's statements to investigators were equivocal. That creates significant questions on whether inaccuracies in his description of the KZF discussions were honest failures of recollection, not lies. Second, the FBI and the hostages queued inconsistent positions on whether Flynn intentionally misled them. The interviewing agents believed that he was truthful and forgetful. Director Comey reported that the question whether Flynn lied was a close call. Assuming that was so, a close call is not a proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Third, the agents went out of their way to deceive Flynn about the purpose of the interview, which they hoped to trip him up. It is note for 302 reports from the FBI used to summarize witness interviews to start recounting those interviewing agents advised of the subject of the nature of the interview, but they did not do that with Flynn. He was discouraged from consulting counsel and reporting the FBI's request to speak with him and his White House chain of command. He was not given a customary advice of rights. The FBI, after officials acknowledging among themselves that they owe it to Flynn to advise him of a false statement could be grounds for prosecution, witfully withheld this anonymation from him.
Let's put aside that Flynn now disputes whether he lied. In criminal proceedings, due process is not optional. If the FBI were interviewing a hardened criminal who had been arrested so many times he could recite Miranda warnings by heart, agents will still give the Bureau standard of advice of rights that would still be able to determine him that it was a false statement that could be grounds for prosecution. With Flynn, though, they did not go by the book. They did the thing by the book was supposed to prevent eliciting statements by deceiving a person about his legal rights. Fourth, the two government witnesses in the case had monumental credibility problems. Under federal law, Flynn's statements confessing guilt during his plea proceedings will not be admissible against him at trial if the plea was vacated. And Flynn would claim in any event that his plea statements were induced by coercion and fraud. A threat to prosecute his son if he did not plead guilty and the prosecutor's commitment to not prosecute his son, which was illegally withheld from the court. Consequently, the government's entire case boils down on the testimony on two agents. Peter Strzok, who was terminated from his conduct, and Joe Pleska, who it appears to have been the case agent on the trust Trump-Russia investigation and played a significant role in serial misrepresentations made to attain surveillance warrants against Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. Now, here's the situation connecting Obama. There is strong evidence that president, the former president, Barack Obama's administration, improperly subpoenaed, weaponized U.S. intelligence agencies in multiple and shocking ways against Donald Trump and other political rivals. It appears the Obama administration did this in a number of ways, including fraudulently attaining the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrants to spy on American citizens promoting the Democratic National Committee's funded dossier assembled by former British spy Christopher Steele that was filed with lies about Trump, politicizing intelligence analysis, leaking intelligence, and spying on political opponents and journalists. In the period that he was presidential candidate and the president-elect, Trump and his aides seem to be the only major targets of this misuse of American intelligence for political purposes, but they were not the only targets. It is imperative to uncover the extent of the Obama administration's abuse of U.S. intelligence for political purposes. This must include a full list of every American unmasked by intelligence reports, Trump aides, members of Congress, and ordinary Americans who make this request. It will be irresponsible for the intelligence community and Congress to turn a blind eye to this abuse simply because it happened years ago. Run doing by the administration and this scandal in which the President Trump has dubbed Obamagate must be exposed to ensure such actions can never take place again. This week's revelation that an astounding 39 Obama administration officials, including then Vice President Joe Biden, made 53 requests to unmask Uncoming Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn's name from National Security Agency phone intercepts between Election Day, November 8, 2016 to January 12, 2017 was a bombshell. 
The stunning revelation that Obama administration was spying on Flynn by secretly recording his conversation with the Russian ambassador to the U.S. at the time appears to confirm allegations by President Trump and his supporters of a broad effort by the Obama administration to weaponize intelligence to undermine the Trump presidency shortly before it began. Flynn was simply carrying out his duties by making the contact with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kiziak during the transition period of Trump was elected president. It is perfectly routine for incoming members of a new presidential administration dealing with foreign affairs to contact foreign officials by introducing themselves before taking office. Making this works, the 53 unmasking requests by Obama administration officials are probably the top of the uh, tip of the iceberg of this particular administration's abuse of national security agency intelligence to target, target Trump aides. House Intelligence Community Ranking Member David Nunez, Republican California, confirmed this in a Fox Business interview this week on Lou Dobbs tonight when he said the Flynn unmasking scandal is even worse than this because a whole lot of Trump associates were the unmasked. With this in mind, it is frustrating to see former Obama officials, the mainstream media, and some intelligent officials brought off the final masking requests by claiming such requests are normal routine and irrelevant rules and laws were complied with. And it just continues with all of these particular things here. With the um, issue with Obamagate. And one last particular part here. This is from an article from the Review, the National Review. Uh, it was written by a, 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 an opinion writer there. None of this means that Obama committed some specific crime. He almost surely did not. In a healthy media environment, though, the mountain evidence of wrongdoing will start an outpouring of journalistic curiosity. But you might ask, what does it matter anymore? For one thing, many of the scene characters central to this whole apparent malfeasance now want to retake power in Washington. Biden is the Democratic's presumptive nominee. He's running as the heir to Obama's legacy. And he was at the meeting with Rice. He had denied knowing anything about the FBI investigation into Flynn before forcing to correct himself on ABC's George Sepinopoulos after ABC's George Sepinopoulos pointing out that he was mentioned in Rice's email. It's completely legitimate to wonder what he knew about the investigation. Skeptics like to point out that the Obama administration had no motive to engage in abuse because the Democrats were almost surely going to win. Richard Nixon won 49 states in 1972. His cronies had no need to break his teeth into the um, DNC's offices and touch off Watergate. But the FBI's involved in the case noted they want to leave an assurance possibly policy if the undiggable happened. In 2016, the undickable did happen, and we're now dealing with the fallout four years later. We don't have to wonder where this scandal will end up, but one doesn't have to be a conspiracy theorist to wonder. 35 minutes I told you about Michael Flynn. For 35 minutes, and now it's time to say, I told y'all so. 
Why did I say I told y'all so? I told y'all so that this Russian achism was a fake and a fraud from the beginning of this. And now it's exposed that it is much worse than people realize. The devastation that this particular incident has brought about is going to send shockwaves to the rest of this country for years to come. Years. Because it means that somebody, anyone who screws with one particular party is going to get it bad. That people in the former administration the Obama administration may have tried to figure out ways in trying to get the election overturned. I want you to know how dark that really is. It's sickening to imagine such darkness happen in our country that people will not be able to get I will always continue to say this until the day I pass away. On the 8th of November, there was a strike of 8th of November, 2016. There was a public transit strike that was about to end. And I your host personally was joined just getting things from the market. And so I saw these people, some of them from Temple University, some of them from Drexel and a lot of these things. And this was, was the start of the whole Me Too movement and all rest of it. You see? And for the life of me, I could remember back when Obama was running in 2008 and 2012. There were people knocking on doors saying, are you going to come vote for Obama? Obama's coming, come vote for him. And we said, and, and the parent, and the people that lived in my apartment and house said, they're going to vote for him. We're coming. He's coming. We'll vote for the album. He won at lunchtime in 2018. I mean, 20, 2008, excuse me. He won by lunchtime. We're never going to see that like again. But for the life of me, I swear to God, there was these white women there. Some of them were overweight. They were just walking endlessly, aimlessly throughout the block, walking endlessly and aimlessly, not doing a damn thing, not canvassing the streets, not knocking on doors, not doing the things that we're supposed to do. This was just a small little place in a major metropolitan city. They didn't do shit. And then when I saw the election results, 
saw that Donald Trump won the election, I said, that's the reason why he won. There is nothing on God's green earth that will convince me otherwise. Because these white women were scared to knock on these doors because of everything that was going on in me too. They were afraid that we we're going to get hurt by some dude who just didn't want to be bothered and felt horny all of a sudden. That's what they were scared of. And you cannot convince me otherwise. That's how I knew this Russian investigation was a host. That's how I knew the media was in for Donald Trump and still is to this present day. That's how I knew everything concerning this particular thing was went down the way it went down. I knew that Michael Flynn was being railroaded. I knew that Carter Page was being railroaded. All the people were being railroaded. I knew Zizok was not a good man. And that James Comey was just trying to play facts and loose and said, let us give the law to the people. Let the people judge. And I hope they judge rightly and put Mrs. Clinton into office. But let them judge. That's what they were saying on PBS's news hour. That's what they were saying. Let the people judge. Comey was saying, let the people judge. That's right. Let the people judge. A criminal investigate, a criminal incident took place in the halls of power. And the people have to judge with no other information. They just said, trust us. This is the information we have. The Russians are coming again, but it was just Russian ichism. It's just a lie. Do you even have a rule of law? I just mentioned the thing with the whole thing with Turkey. They could have got them with, but they went with Russia and he's and he will be free because of it. And they can't do double jeopardy on him. Not only they let a possible conflict of interest go possibly with Turkey, they made up one because they were trying to get his son. And they didn't even read him as rights. They said, We'll just do what they do. Entrapment. This is law and order. We're going to do the little, oh, we're going to do what they do in NCIS. Thinking with Mark Harbin. We watched that show on our CBS. We're going to do the Mark Harmon thing. I'm Mark Harmon. I always catch the bad guy. What other trash this, this situation is? What other trash? Learn from this, folks. This is very dangerous. That the law can be used to destroy y'all. This is file. This is Federal Information Act reports. This is FISA court 
things. Fires is no joke. You gonna be put in there in a cell 15 feet deep. You'll never see the sunlight again if they get you with this. And they used it for political purposes. The things they blame Bush for, even though Bush is having problems. Now they're all buddy buddy with the Bush clan. This is some shit. It's some shit. We'll have more about this in season two because the fallout is about to begin all throughout this summer. And when that fallout will reach a point where it cannot be recovered. So we're going to talk about the fallout from this and other particular news in upcoming episodes in season two of Beyond This Earth. We'll be right back right after this with Prom Has Ended, the next segment in Beyond This Earth. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. Over to all back here, and we're talking about prom graduation in the age of the Raven as it continues to cover its wings around this planet and how it affects schools and how it affects in particular teenage right of passages. The prom and graduation, senior, junior prom, graduation. They've all changed forever. The whole concept of it has changed forever. And it has a effect on teenage relationships. I want you to think about this for a little bit moment. I don't want to embarrass a lot of you people because I know a lot of you people come from other parts of the world, but I'm going to focus on the United United States in particular. For those of you that were teenagers or teenagers now, you shouldn't even really listen, be listening to the shoulders. Well, maybe, but here we're talking about these particular things. What was your first experience Sexually with the opposite sex. For most normal people, it's junior and senior prom. Most likely senior prom. And isn't the case anymore. That may not be the case ever again. Because what it seems like this virus it's passed through moisture, droplets, inside inside buildings and all the rest of it. Very devastating. And in certain ways, it's 
splits the power structure because in a psychological way, and one of the reasons why uh, relationships and heterosexual relationships are, are the way they are in this country in certain ways is that in some ways it gave, and I'm talking about this past tense, and we discussed, and I discussed this on Twitter with a user by the name of Zero HP Lovecraft. And when he was talking about things dealing with women and all the rest of it, and I pretty much stated that prom was the place where undo, undo social cash and power are given to um, young women, 16, 17, 18 years old, to initiate men into society via sexuality, via the via be sex, and all the rest of these things. So, if it is for those who are in a relationship at 16, 17 years old with um, men and uh, young girls and young boys. Uh, of both similar ages, 16, 17, 18. This is the consummation of that particular relationship happens at the prom or after the prom. And in the after prom parties where they go to these hotels, it is what it is. It's happened. We went through it. Many others have gone through it. Through the big, after, the la after the First World War, all the way up to the present day into 2020. But that time is not there anymore. That day never took place. Can you imagine a young man who was just going through life all the way up until at least late February, mid-March, and then his whole life gets turned around because of this virus. He cannot see. He does not know where it comes from. And he ultimately has no idea if it will ever be cured. He lost his chances to be, to continue Dane. He might have gone through football things and all the rest of it, fine. And he might have had his football season, but he had to continue some way into prom season, into graduation. He was getting ready for SATs and all the rest of these things. He was a great as straight A student now and all the rest of it. Now has to do Zoom classes in order to make sure he can finish his work. And then he may have a girlfriend that he really, really likes. And they were baiting in some certain ways. His biology said it is time for him to initiate himself into the rest of society. It's time to have that moment. They may have had the moment before, but this is the moment where society says, you are now a man. You are now considered a man in this society. They did it in many different ways. She has initiated you into manhood. All the other times don't work and all the future times may not work in the future because we don't really believe in marriage anymore and we don't believe in one man, one woman, two women. But this here, the prom, the senior and junior prom and graduation are the moments when we can officially initiate you as men and women. 
in this American society that has become hypocritical and somewhat strained mentally as everybody has become monsters during this particular pandemic situation and the lockdowns that have come through it based off of it. And so you are a young man stuck at home with your mother and your crazy siblings. They're young too. They're going through some stuff too. And then people come through your cars and say, hey, here's your prom thing. Prom bracelet, prom this. Do you know what psychological damage it does to these young men? Especially now when everybody's saying that men are the devils. Men are all men cannot change. They have to be in a certain way. I'll mention that later on as the show ends. They have to act a certain way. They have to do the dance a certain way. They, in order to be with women who don't really care about them. And what about these young women too? Enticed by OnlyFans and Just Fans. Enticed by TikTok. Enticed by Instagram and Vesco. To become... The elite's perfect prostitutes. The continuation of this Jeffrey Epstein worldview that has now become apparent as his victims do not get the justice that they deserve. And now his ideology, if you want to put it in simple terms, is spreading in ways y'all can't imagine and we are not be able to predict. It is a dark time in this society that when natural things cannot take place even in this hypocritical setup that we have for many, many decades, there will be some sort of dissonance. Y'all young men and a lot of young women. And that dissonance, this society we have seen, especially with the protest of opening the country, opening our lives, opening our society, it's having an effect on the younger ones who are truly innocent, who are truly innocent of everything concerning this particular virus. They're innocent of it. This country is not ready to deal with the mental damage that these young people are going to go through. No graduation, no senior and junior prom. People trying to go over, trying to do it. And then what happens when college starts? They're not even sure how college is going to start. 
They're not even sure if college is going to survive the pandemic. And how is it going to be handled? They're trying to figure out other ways how to rebuild this country and how to get these things started. It's not going to be the way you think it's going to be. They're already trying to figure out we'll accept this whole world and all the rest of these things. There is a new world coming. We'll explain that next week. But in one sense, aspects of this particular world has to change. And a lot of those changes are coming to a head, especially with these young people that have lost a lot of things and lost a lot of opportunities. And we're starting to lose a lot of opportunities because of the things other people did outside of them. We now trust seven, 16-year-olds to talk about the pandemic when they don't have the capability to understand about these viruses, as we've seen with Mr. Grumdornberg. There are many other women smart, many other women, young women smarter than her. But our society is dumbing down these women in order to join Jolie fans and Just fans to make Greta look better than everybody else who is around the same age as her. It is a disgusting thing you're seeing today. And the disgusting thing that you continue to see is that we're now accepting that these women are no more than just particular sexual objects. Not women understanding that they are sexual creatures and accepting it, the whole society turning it backwards, not forwards, backwards, and causing a whole lot of damage in the interim. What France is doing now, as they open up their schools, as some of them are dying of this COVID-19 Kawasaki-like disease of inflammation of the body structure, of the blood and all the rest of it. They're drawing little, they're drawing squares. And they have to play in a little area. Six inches, no, not six inches, 12 inches, I mean, 14 inches up, 14 inches the other side. Maybe a little smaller than that. It is absolutely sickening to see how childhood is turning into a small box, a small alone box where no one can touch you, no one can feel you, no one can help you when you're crying. That's school for you folks. That is how they're going to educate you yeah, the school might go back to basics and that might be all business as usual. That they're not going to take much guff. That might be a little bit in the interesting trend on the positive end. But what are they going to discuss if all that Bill Gates and all of them want to bring the new version of 
race to the top and common core, which he admitted, Mr. Gates, was a failure. What is he going to do then? What are they going to do then when that failure fails? Just so we have the structure to pull it off. And it still doesn't work. There is no telling how incalculable this does to young men and young women, especially now as we go through this tragedy. Now Japan, at the end of this, has said that the Hikamori are their heroes now. What can we learn from them? Japan's Times said a month at home and I say seeming an attorney for those unaccustomed to a lack of person to person contact, but the experience of Japan's long balls at Hikamori may some of some his are how to say seen during the coronavirus pandemic. And help the ministry devise Hikamori's people who have remained isolated for at least six consecutive months. Nijo Sori, who have been in Hikamori for more than 10 years, stresses the importance of keeping focus at the big picture and taking each day as it comes. He says that I became a Hikamori with the objective of every day doing the things that are worthwhile. So for the past 10 years, I've been doing far more pleasant things than working outside. Unable to land a good job after graduating from University of Tokyo, realized his dream of becoming a novelist. Needle returned to his hometown to practice his drawing over to become a creator of Dolce and other works. He had initially planned to make a hero for three years until he supported himself. Needle's dream of becoming self-efficient through his own creations eventually spurred him to learn English and game development in 2015, where he devoted his efforts in the past five years. Now with fluid English skills and his first original game set to launch on Steam, a video game distribution service, his hard work paid off. Having hope and a little, a little progress every day, that worked for me. Meanwhile, a self-dedicated Hikamori G that he going to name by clone and who began as a reclusive lifestyle to focus on his passion to connect to everyone there is a way to overcome loneliness during isolation. And that's they had talked about clone. She and a 35-year-old who spent four to five years as a Hikamori submarine to put around the line. He was 21, felt a little stressed being alone, but said he doing these didn't enjoy help. So they talked about all these particular things and particular experiences from three particular Hikamori. Next week, you're going to see more of life. You're going to talk about this and you're going to see more of life heading towards this direction as humanity becomes disconnected from its genetic moorings. I have something to say to the class of 2020. 20 years ago, I was in your place. I didn't have a successful prom. I had an okay graduation. But looking back at it now, seeing what happened to you guys, 
I realized things could have been a lot worse if a lot more things went the wrong way. So I sympathize with you. I sympathize with your struggles. I'll hope that whatever you believe in can give you comfort in these darkened days. And that no matter what, we will get through these disasters. And even if we don't reach the stars in the time allotted given to us, that we can have full and successful lives, even if humanity heads towards its final breath. We'll be right back with more Beyond This Earth, the final segment dealing with space right after this. Welcome back to the final segment of Beyond This Earth. Two space news. Actually, there's a couple of space interesting news from space. The moon is pushing out carbon. Japan used data from the Kagawa satellite to take a better look at the surface of the moon. Looking through data in the late 2000s, the moon is expelling carbon, which kind of makes the theory of a collision with the earth and the splitting of it to become the moon and in particular a bit more spurious than usual so it possibly that it's it's spelling carbon not taking in carbon or whatever <coughs> excuse me then Interesting news concerning Earth. The movement of other planets affects Earth. And it affects the sun enough. It fed the gravitational pull affects the sun enough to cause the rising and falling of sunspots. So it says here, according to studies, there are three planets that have an effect on the sun especially when they all line up. Venus, Earth, and Jupiter. 11 years, the planets line up. It leads into lower solar activity. The tug is not enough, it's just enough to influence plasma at the sun's surface. This causes a flip in the magnetic field, resetting the cycle Every helping reset the sun cycle every 11 years. In another case, related to this, when Jupiter, Venus, and the sun are on opposite sides of Earth, it affects Earth orbit, causing changes with the climate, making for very wet and hot in extreme winters and summers, and unusually strange summers and falls. This happens every 
405,000 years. Then in the same study, they figured out on how the planets move past 60 million years ago that Mars in certain ways warps Earth's motion and affects climate every 100 every 1 million 400 every 1.4 million years it is now 2.4 million years so the planets do have an effect on the earth but in ways that we cannot predict so some fascinating stuff about that as well as they recently found out that there is a planet in the middle of the galactic center, red dwarf planet, and is an extremely large Earth-like planet rotating a red dwarf, and they only caught it once, and it may not be ever seen again. Because it's close to the galactic center. Fascinating subject on that. Two news items that we need to discuss before we have to go. There was a report from Fallen Policy Magazine and their website. It is an exclusive to them. Leak Chinese virus updates from a military university in China has covered 230 cities with 6,400 updates. They're not saying it's deaths, but they are implying that this is much larger than what is reported. This is the virus database that covers those particular cities of reporting that many updates. Absolutely crazy if this is true. If those are the actual true numbers concerning the pandemic. And then there was a hack of a, of a um, law firm's email signing Trump, but they're saying there is no dirty laundry. The ransomware hackers who stole gigabytes of data from a prominent New York entertainment law firm patched a batch of emails Saturday in the dark web, which they previously hyped incriminating evidence of Donald Trump but there's nothing damning in the collection of 169 emails which the hackers illegally obtained from Grumman-Straw, Mezzalus, and Sack Systems. Indeed, only a few emails published online Saturday actually referred to Donald Trump in any meaningful context. Those include discussions with satirical references to him on TV shows and ads, as well as the, 200, the, two, uh, the 2015 interview with Barbara Walters on 2020. Meanwhile, among the hacked emails are linked to articles to the current White House occupant. In several cases, the emails included their Trump in the sense to override, had nothing to do with Donald Trump. A few others were concerned with Trump Tower in New York. Another email chain reversed the concept was staying in the Trump International Hotel Tower, New York. In short, it's nothing of the dirty laundry that the cyber's attack claimed to present on Donald Trump, which means in this particular instance, he is completely clean. You're not going to find anything of him at this particular time. 
want to get to an incident happening on Twitch that is ongoing right now. After the Alinity scandal where she showed her boob, it turns out they had to build a new safety and security council over at Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. And one of the people in that particular area is a person that is really different, if you want to put it in simple terms. How different? Well, the person's a furry. The person gets a little crazy. The person does all these particular things. Doesn't want voice chat. Thinks it's cheating and is pretty much nasty to everyone because of her things and whatnot. And oh, the strange antics that she does with certain female members. It's wow moments all over the place. But I am not surprised at all the wild moments these days. What I am surprised is how people can just accept it. Now, I talk about this more on the special that we're doing concerning the um, the Aurora situation in SNK with that particular download for the game Samurai Showdown. And I discuss certain things about the FGC and whatnot as the fighting game community in the video game world. And you can hear most of the other discussions there on that particular special, which will be uploaded along with this new episode of Beyond This Earth. But it is quite intriguing to see how, what type of people they want to put in the front of our society. There's a man who's connected to Rollo Tomasi, Richard Cooper, that has been with a guest on his show, and he has been a guest on his on and entrepreneurs in calls for years. And he is correct in his assertions, 99% correct on the assertions that men need to do the work, even though if it's hard, even though if it's long, and they will get wherever they need to go. If they don't do the work, they, they can't get anywhere. And he's 99.9% .9 correct. But there's always that outlier. And you know who those outliers are? The person working at the Twitch Safety and Security Council and the one that I mentioned earlier, the one that I had that very long rant about last week. You know him as Takashi69. When the media in this particular case put these two particular people, and well, not so much with the Twitter, with the Twitch person, but more so with Takashi69, What's in particular Takashi says nine as the epitome of masculinity in this particular culture, then you know that this particular culture is heading towards a disaster. Because we cannot have snitches and liars and all the rest of these things in this particular thing that just come in there and because of his supposed um let's say X factor let's say all these other things and intangibles that get females to buy the albums that he makes to get the whole thing about the tough guy net the tough guy culture and all the rest of these things these are all facades 
And the unfortunate thing is the media helps along in this facade. So it is okay to snitch a whole community out, especially if you never was a gangster and all the rest of these things in order to get ahead in that type of mediums and media. It's a very dark reason why, and it is partly some of the reasons why in one particular sense, our, this pandemic has affected us in ways it is incalculable to predict where it's headed. That is the real sad truth about this. That somebody like this man who has flaunted the law most of his teenage and adult life, who has snitched out on issues that in the context of what he was doing and where and why he was doing it is in inconsolable in that context. I did not say that the gangsters were right and the gangsters are good people. No, but in the context of what he was doing with those particular gangsters, he is a snitch and was a danger to everybody, including himself and ultimately his daughter, and ultimately the, per, the the baby mother of his daughter. He's not only that, he is a pred, admitted pred, who did that in front of a 13-year-old girl on Snapchat. Let us not forget this. But the media has made him into a hero, into an alpha male that, er, that they need to support. And they were not proven wrong when 43 million people watched it on YouTube for that time. Yeah, everybody should be mad because that wasn't hard work that got him to that particular point. That wasn't hard work. That wasn't all these things. That was just trickeration and trickery all of his life. And you can make it all there. But do you know the unfortunate thing is that it related to what Richard, Richard Cooper has been saying? The women don't care in this world. They have never cared. They only fuck the winners. If the media makes him into the winner, what does that tell you about the media ecosystem and its society as well if they're willing to make Takashi Sits Nine its winner? What does it say about Switch if it's willing to create, willing to use that type of policing from that particular type of person who doesn't trust the people using the service at all because it doesn't fit their standards of what they believe gaming should be? What does it say when the FGC is fighting over these particular things with characters and the way character looks, feels, and acts, but responsible and net code for all of these video games are needed in order for them to survive in a world that we have Valorant and 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 Fortnite and on um, and all the other particular games that and of of, of such. But we can't even have that type of discussion. We refuse to have that type of discussion. And so 
The softness continues. The bullshit continues. The lies continue. The obfuscation continues. And it leads us into a realization that we don't have any ownership in the future of the hobbies that we so enjoy. And this is partly the reason why a lot of stuff that America makes throughout its history becomes forgotten ideals and forgotten trinkets of a time gone by because people such as Takashi Tits 9, people such as the new person that they hired for the Twitter Safety and Safety and Security Council, the Twitch one, the people that are talking about the FGC and the whole issue with Viroha, they all come from an ideal and a culture that weakness is the way to go. That acting like a bitch, being bitch raised and bitch made is the absolute way to go. Though as long as you do not necessarily the minimum, but even less than that, just put tattoos on their face. Think about songs about the new generation gangster continuing the legacy of those of the past. The hardest ass man to get the best damn women in the world, no matter where they from. And you can get anywhere in life. That will show you how dark this media has become. Well, not to end it on this particular sad note. Nickelodeon made a little bit of a comment that was a little bit off-putting for a kids' network. A song that Ariana Grande was their ver part of their version of the Mickey Mouse Club, if you want to put it in that particular day. Snyder's Girls. Snyderman's Girls. If I want to call them in that particular sense. There are tapes out there of some crazy ass shit. No one wants to talk about it. They said something on Twitter that sent people in a tizzy. And they are the ones to get NFL games, playoff games at the end of this year, the start of next year. I just want to let y'all know that weakness has brought us to this point. And weakness is going to lead us into extinction in 250 years because we are unwilling and unable to make the necessary sacrifices to get our generation out of the gutters right now. This is the low. This is we're gonna reach the lowest moment. We're gonna reach a moment where 
people might say, yep, it's time to give up. It's over. And a lot of them are going to make the choice of getting drunk, getting high, shooting up everything. It's all over. But at the lowest point, are you going to concentrate yourself and focus yourself on getting to Mars in 10 years? If you're not willing to do that, then that lowest point is going to lead us into extinction because all our society is trying to do is try to replay November, uh, December 31st, 2019. Try to get back to that day and see if they can get past that day. They won't get past that day because that day was not supposed to be passed. Whether this coronavirus, they're not telling us the truth about it, or they are telling the truth about us, and this was a ploy to destroy Trump, it doesn't matter what it did. The damage has been done, and now they need to figure out how we get through this. Because if they don't, we are in bigger trouble than people realize. But Rich Cooper's correct. We just got to do the work. And our focus as a country, in my honest opinion, should be getting to Mars in 10 years. If we don't do that by December 31st, 2030, we are all dead. We are all dead in 250. That's 250, that's 240 years after. That's 240 years from 2030. We ain't going to get past it because people will try to rebuild what have, what was our society in 2019. And they will keep doing this like a bunch of fools. Trying to re-grease that wheel that needs to be replaced. I just want y'all to think about how, why do you want to keep a society like this, a media ecosystem like this, a thing of Twitch like this when the man who owns Twitch is about to make a trillion dollars off of this pandemic. Why? Explain that to me. If you can't explain it, there's nothing we can talk about and there's nothing to say about it. So y'all need to do the work. Y'all need to stop simping. Y'all need to get rid... Y'all need to stop worrying about what Maori does and all these stupid assholes do. No one cares. Either you step up or you step out. And if you step out, step out somewhere where I don't want to see you and other people who give a fuck about this planet and the future of humanity don't deceive. Because if humanity don't get to Mars in 10 years, you're part of the reason why we're going to go extinct. That I'm not even going to mince words about that. That's the fucking truth. I don't care what y'all have to explain and spin it around. It. It's the fucking facts. Y'all can spin it all over there. We can reach it in 2040. We can reach it. You're still going to die. You're still going to die. Humanity is still going to die. We got to get there in 10 years. Because if we get there in 10 years, we won't have much of these problems. We can at least have a future that can, can be respectable. I don't know why y'all scared. Because y'all bitches. Y'all scared. Oh, it's so cold out there. Y'all scared. 
There's no atmosphere in the moon. You scared of 250 degree minus 250 degree water? It's dusty. The moon's dusty. Y'all scared of that? A lot of y'all bitch made. You didn't know that? Why do you think I do all this information about the uh, stars? That's our next destination. Why y'all scared? Why y'all scared? I'm not scared. Y'all, a lot of you are. And a lot of you are born bitch made. I had a poll out there and five, five people answered the poll and I said, should we get rid of the IPs and give it to Japanese and French hold uh, French conglomerates concerning Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor, Doctor Who, and Dark Shadows. 40-50 split said no. You not ready. You not ready. It's time to get ready. You have to get rid of these things. They're not viable. Strange new worlds. Get the fuck out of here. We want to do the script that was done in 1964. You people are bitches. Literal bitches. We're going to retell episode one of the first episode of Star Trek. The very first one. We're going to retell it and retell it and retell it. Like a bitch, like bitch made motherfuckers we are. We gonna retell this story. Y'all retarded. We gonna give it a new spin. It's Kung Fu, it's Kung Fu Spark. We gonna do Kung Fu Spark. Get the fuck out of here. You bitch made. We need to get to Mars in 10 years. We don't have no, we have no time. Oh, we got 13 years of economic pain coming there. It don't matter. We did it through an economic disaster in, in 1969. We were over the fucking hill. We still went to Mars. Who the fuck you think you is? You scared of a little economic depression? You bitch made. Why? Because most of y'all were bitch raised. Y'all do the work, man. I don't understand y'all. Months can't get you halfway there. You have to get the, we, we got to fix this shit up. That means we got to get rid of that IP. It's distracting us. It's not helping us. Give it to those that can actually write. In the end of the day, all, the, all of our elites, it don't matter where, and they've been telling you this for decades. Fucking uh, um, Final Fantasy VII's whole story is the elite is always trying to find utopia. And it will always continue to fail. And you still don't get it. Episode 18 of Plun Plunderer. We're always going to find utopia. We're going to use the U to get to utopia. It's always going to fail. And the youth are going to get hurt. 
matter where, when, or where. And guess what? It's happening this time with the Twitch Safety and Security Council. We're going to use y'all to get the utopia we want. Even though I make a trillion dollars, it's still not good enough. And guess what? It's going to fail. So what fuck utopia? Let us get to Mars. Let us get to the moon and let us get to Mars. That is our goal for the next 10 years. Stop, but I don't care about 13-year depressions. Fuck 13-year depressions. Fuck it. We got to get there. We have no hope here if we continue to stay here and play games. <coughs> China will get what is theirs. They will catch it. Don't worry about it. We still got to get to Mars. Because if we keep playing this bullshit game we play on Earth here, we ain't getting nowhere. That's all I got to say about that subject. A lot of folks in this life disagree with a lot of motives, but you can't be telling grown-ass men to sit down. Can't be doing that no more. Look, disagreement is about trying to figure out other positions, other things that we see in life, other ways of seeing the same argument. It's not about trying to destroy people or what have you. And the problem is y'all take it too damn fucking much, these disagreements, and think that the whole world is going to die if people don't agree with you. What a joke. What an absolute joke. But, the, but when it comes to facts... When it comes to the actual reality that we see in front of us, y'all run away too fucking fast. Law, y'all motherfuckers, I hate to say this. Also, before we get to the point that we're trying to get to, a lot of y'all motherfuckers follow these people from the Nick Fuentes and Charlie Kirks and all the rest of them. You with them. Because you need them. But as soon as they say something different, but it's concurrent to the way they see the world, you tend to go like, oh, nah, you can't do that. He can't do that. But you don't see what's going on in the rest of the world. There's a reason why Nick Fuentes have cat. Boy, GF. There's our reason. You're not understanding the reason until you see what's going on with OnlyFans and Just Fans, especially with a lot of these females. And the rise of this sex work, this prostitution world, as they try to turn America into a prostitution paradise, trying to create a great for the rest of humanity all to fall into within 250 years. That's all I got to say about that particular subject. Finally, next week, it's the season finale of Beyond This Earth. And we're going to have different recordings for Beyond This Earth. We're not going to do long news items this that week because the majority of the planet will be out of uh, we'll be mostly getting out of quarantine starting on the 15th of May. 
and all through the whole month and try to get back into some semblance of normality between the fifth between May 15th and Jan and June 15th. So those are the days that the world will should be open again. And from that point there, but now we're in a six month period where humanity really needs to get it itself into gear. So we're going to talk about that and keep it under the 15 minute mark. I'm going to try and do five particular segments each time. Um, and there'll be 15 minutes. So we just talk about where we're headed in the future. More, a little bit more solutions, but more of a things that we're going to see in the economic front and all these other fronts as well. And then what we're planning to do in the future, hopefully for beyond this earth, starting in September 22nd. So September 22nd is going to be a big day. No, not the 22nd and the 25th will be the big day for us as we get into the second season of Beyond This Earth. And hopefully we get some other things done there. So that being said there, I need to take a break. Summer's about to begin. Um, other things are going to start changing. So that is one reason why we're doing this here. So, uh. We're going to do that. We're going to have all any updates concerning the coronavirus and other news on that particular subject. On another side there, there will be specials in June, July, August, and early September for it. We're going to have a new theme song possibly for Beyond This Earth. Um, We're going to have brand new setups for the show um we're hopefully trying to get a time where we can put the show at a place where we can do other things as well i'm trying to keep the show down to at least an hour starting that is starting uh season two unless we got interviews like i stated before we're not gonna have these long shows most of them will be specials uh, I am not going to put this under a paywall. That is not our job. That's not my position here. Um, the things that will be put on some sort of any page here will have to do something with major projects that need a whole lot of money to pull off. I'm not going to reach that particular point yet. And we're nowhere close. Um... It's not that I don't want to put that, that this thing has value to me, but we keep restarting and starting up. And I think right now we're at a point where, especially with this crisis right now, it is not advantageous yet to put anything under some sort of newer system of paywalls or something. There will be other ways to make money that we won't need to use a paywall in that particular sense. Um... So next week, we're going to discuss what we're going to do and then where we're headed in that particular sense concerning humanity in the next six months to 10 years, possibly, maybe even 250 years if the wrong decisions continue to get made. So, folks, thank you for listening. 
back next week with the season finale. I'll be on this earth. All of us here be on this earth. It's over all of that. You take care of yourselves. And we will see you guys for the season finale next week. On Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth is a Garo Gothic production.